Happy Halloween! Welcome to the Bloodbath True Crime Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jamie. Wait, Ash, did you just say true crime? Yeah. So if I'm like easily creeped out or offended, then this probably isn't the podcast for me. Especially this month with like spooky, spooky things coming too. So you think that if I'm like easily triggered by gory details that I should probably stop listening like right now? We're not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's time for the show. Let's go. Wait, no, it's let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Stupid. Can somebody go wake up Green Day? Because it's October. No. <laughs> September has ended. September <laughs> has definitely ended. Thank you for it's, getting my jokes. It's so bittersweet, though, because it's my favorite time of the year, and it just goes by so quickly. Truly. <laughs> my birthday just came and went. It went. It was like, hello, goodbye. <laughs> Wait, no, Green Day. No. It's another song. <laughs> Beatles, well, right? Huh? Well, that um, is, hello is a song by the Beatles, yeah. and hello, goodbye is a band. Oh, Okay. So oh, we're just, on Beatles train. This isn't a musical podcast, man. This is true crime. And welcome to Bloodbath the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> I would so be down for a musical episode. God. <laughs> the theater kids talking, y'all save me. <laughs> wow, such a bully. <laughs> You're me. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> well, today, let's talk about talk about a theory i don't know if you've heard of it it's called the smiley face theory oh we've all heard this theory well fine maybe i shouldn't tell you the story no because there's always more there is more whenever people deep dive into it you always find out a little bit more you debunk some things here and there it's a a learning process it is that's why theories are great yeah they're not proven so i mean anything is possible if you just believe yep it's sting (laughs) you haven't watched (laughs) only buildings in the room yet or only 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 buildings in the room (laughs) Why are there buildings in this room? <laughs> Only murders it's in the in building. building. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, today I'm going to talk to you and tell you all about the detective Kevin Gannon, Detective Anthony Duarte, and Dr. Lee Gibson. These three people have put together the ver- a very interesting theory, and it's called the smiley face murder theory. It goes back as far as the 1990s, where these detectives believe that there are at least 45 connected deaths of males whose bodies were found in water across 11 states, Mm -hmm. and they all fit the same MO. Mm -hmm. They often are athletic or popular males, leaving parties or are out drinking, and then they turned up in some body of water staged in some way. And in most of these cases, there is a smiley face graffiti near the location of the dumped body. The theory further states that these young men were either murdered by an individual or by an organized group of killers. Murdered. Murdered. (laughs) The detectives believe that these young, in quotes, privileged men are being targeted because of jealousy. Okay. There are more and more (laughs) athletic, generally white men who are going missing in the Midwest along the East Coast that are fitting this exact profile. Brian Schaefer. Shut the fuck up. That's at the end of this story. Will you stop (laughs) it? I hate you. I hate you so much. I know things. Look at me go pretty sure i mentioned it on that but his body was never found so like you can't unless but that was a, a suspicion yeah suspicion that's you ruined you ruined it <laughs> you ruined everything you ruined everything <laughs> well let's talk about some of these tragic killings that kind of help make this theory feasible okay so the first one that popped up on the 
detective's radar. In 1997, New York City, Patrick McNeil was hanging out in the Dapper Dog Bar in Manhattan on February 17th. (gasps) My birthday! Yeah. He was partying for me. That's right. Take a shot for me because I'm sober. (laughs) (laughs) Well, near the end of the night, he was throwing up in the bathroom right before getting ready to leave. Also, why I'm sober. (laughs) He seemed very disoriented and unstable. He started walking south on 2nd Avenue from 92nd Street. There was a double parked vehicle outside the bar occupied by a man and a woman. Okay. The car started to follow Patrick as he stumbled along. Patrick fell to the ground at one point. The car waited for him to get up and then continued to follow him him as he walked south. Mm -hmm. Patrick turned left onto 90th Street heading towards the East River. The vehicle was still following him. This is the last known sighting of Patrick alive. So do they have like video footage of this car? This is all from witnesses of the scene. Really strange. So like... (sighs) devil's advocate if i saw a car following along like watching a drunk guy i'd be like it's oh, probably, probably a just friend they sure can't get it home or a friend that they can't get in the car right <laughs> get in no, no. Fine, we walk. you know but i mean i'd still be it just wary. scares me the whole like okay a male serial killer male killer that's it's a man like it's scary whatever but a couple serial killer slash killers like a female that kills Girl, we were supposed to be in this together. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to worry about you and Han. No! That's against girl code right there. Oh, it terrifies me. Me too. <laughs> and it should. Because 50 days later, 5-0, 50 days later, Patrick uh-huh. was found in the East River over 12 miles away from where he was last seen in oh Manhattan. Oh my god. The water currents revealed that his body would not have turned up where it was if he had drowned okay. that night in Manhattan. Love science. Right? The science is what gets these people. Yeah. Patrick was discovered in his jeans, underwear, and socks. Jeans, underwear, socks. water in February. No shirt. He would have had like a coat, probably a beanie, probably mittens on. New York (laughs) in the middle of winter. Nobody's jumping in the water in jeans. No. So. Where's his shoes too? Yeah, exactly. Another thing to consider is his blood alcohol content when he was recovered. It was at a 0.16, which... He's drunk. I mean, after you die, your body does produce a natural amount of alcohol. Really? Yes. So you will have a BAC of about 0.04 higher than what it was when you died. Oh, that's insane. Is that from, like... Is that from, like, fruits? Like, It's just fermentation of the body. And your body naturally always has alcohol in it. You will never blow a 0.00. So that's why I always feel nauseous. <laughs> You're just always drunk. <laughs> there is a brewer syndrome where your body naturally makes you drunk. There we go. <laughs> there she is. So. so that question of, are you sober right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> My body's making me alcohol. <laughs> Technically, you always have alcohol in your system. That's insane. So if we subtract that natural 0.04 from the 0.16, that would put his blood alcohol... Blood alcohol content <laughs> at about 0.12. So that's about five or six drinks. That's a lot. Mind you, he's six feet and 195 pounds. That's not okay. a lot. He's a man. That's, I mean, that's that's like a Friday night. Yeah, that's that's just some beers. So six drinks, do you think, would have rendered him to the point of puking and stumbling and falling? Poisoned. Roofied. Or was something else in his drink? Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Also, his blood at the time of recovery... If he had been dead for these 50 days that he was missing, supposedly, as the theory states. So they think he was alive during some of these days. The, okay, that's the thing. The autopsy report said, nope, he's been dead since he was missing. 
the detectives are like, no, 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 no. Negative. <laughs> they said, if he had been done for those 50 days, his blood would have pooled and settled into the position that his body died in. Yeah. About 30 minutes is all it takes for your body to get to that point of where the blood's pooling. Science. Exactly. Uh-huh. So the autopsy report does not state anything about where his blood settled in any one position. Because he was in the water. Even if you're in the mo- even if you die drowning in the water, if you're like face down, all mm-hmm. your blood will pool towards your face. Towards okay. So it just it's wherever you end up where you're dead, that's where your blood will pool. Yeah. But it, the blood did not pool where they figured it would for where they found him. Okay. Okay. So if he was like found, just so I get a clear picture. So uh-huh. if he was found like sideways against like the rocky shore, mm-hmm. and there was a slope. The pool, the blood should have been pooling towards his like legs, abdomen, mm-hmm. like towards the bottom. Exactly. Because but it was like the opposite, yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Can you do your job, please?" Because like, no. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Okay. There was a ligature mark around his neck, as if he had been bound. Mm-hmm. Additionally, there were fly eggs found laid in his groin area. No, thank you. So flies will not lay eggs in under fifty-two degree weather. And the night when Patrick went missing was around 40 degrees. Yikes. This is in Fahrenheit. Sorry. We're in America. <laughs> the medical examiners and detectives all agreed that Patrick's body had to have been dead somewhere else, either inside or in an environment warm enough for the flies to survive winter and enough time for their eggs to be laid. So a place where they've probably done this before and they already have flies there because Gross. disgusting. Yeah. Also, there was a significant amount of charring and burnt parts on Patrick's body. Interesting. But only in certain places. Like, it wasn't all over. Like, it was deliberate. Yeah. So, at first, they said it was from exposure to the elements. Like, the sun and, like, his skin decaying and whatnot. Detective Gannon said, I don't think so. Yeah. He thinks that Patrick had been tied to a chair. That's where the ligature marks were. And then burned, which he he saw that his back was had no burns on it so he figured he was tied to a chair. chair it was against the chair and it was just like his head and his shoulders that were burned yeah so that's what he thinks also a forensic patholo- pathologist dr cyril wecht stated that these burns were before death and that the lig- ligature mark around his neck should prove that he was tied down to something mm-hmm. so overall most can agree that patrick did not accidentally drown he was stalked abducted held for a period of time tortured murdered and then disposed of and left to the elements mm-hmm. it is believed he was discovered within 24 hours of him being placed in the river oh wow he did not have a severe amount of bloat as a body would if it had supposedly been in the water for 50 days no you would know that i think even an average fucking person would know if somebody has been in the water for that long and they're deceased yeah if, even if a body's in water for two days, it shows signs of bloat. Like you only need a few true crime podcasts to be able to figure that out. Like, exactly. Let's be, by, by looking, you know, <laughs> you look at that body and you're like, wow, that's fresh and not a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. Well, this case is what sparked detective Gannon's theory. And he vowed to find out whatever happened to Patrick. And along the way, he found way more than he bargained for. Oh God. These are all out of order. Cause I got them from so many different sources. Yeah. So, <laughs> October 8th, 2009, 24-year-old William Hurley, a Navy vet, was at a Boston Bruins home game. In the middle of the game, he called his fiance Claire Mahoney, and asked her to come pick him up just a little bit early. He stated that his phone had a low battery. She asked for his location, and so he, like, asked out loud, and someone yeah. yelled out in the background, 99 Nashua Street, and cute. then the line went dead. No, not cute. Claire drove to pick up her fiance. She arrived but did not see William anywhere. 
Oh my God. Six days passed until his body was found upstream in the Charles River. Like upstream of where he was. Yeah. Rivers don't flow that way. Yeah. (laughs) It was taken up there and then dumped. Yeah. His cell phone that had died was found smashed nearby. Not run over. Deliberately broken. Like if a car runs over your phone, it breaks a certain way. Like how is that happening in a crowded area? That I, I just, all of these. And nobody knows. Every single one of these is, is in a crowd. Somebody has to know. Well, we've got theories on it. Okay. So. His death was ruled, again, an undetermined drowning with no evidence of foul play. And is our, is our detective on it? He gets on. These are all of. He gets all of them eventually. He has like an a entire, we'll say binder. He has He's the red list. string board. He knows exactly. Okay. He's got the red string board. <laughs> he, he looks for males of this age group missing found in water okay like that that fit the mo and, and he's like i think this was tell me he's still alive he is but he's retired so he's doing this on his own time no way mm-hmm. yes awesome yeah love him <laughs> contact him yes <laughs> so they said no foul play on william here but he has smashed cell phone and he had signs of blunt force trauma to his eye socket and behind his left leg that his mom had to find out by giving the autopsy report to another doctor fishy in cahoots yes there were also high levels of ghb in his system Mm -hmm. and ghb is the known rape drug yep taken that before (laughs) (laughs) whoopsie (laughs) only once (laughs) january 25th 2017 23 year old dakota james a duquesne university grad went drinking one night with friends he was last seen on a surveillance camera in downtown pittsburgh the first official report had ruled that dakota had walked down the alley to get to the river to pee in it and he fell in and went into shock and died like plausible but they're like open clothes that was easy no you can't mm. well detective gannon said "Mm -mm." (laughs) thank you can him and gil get together and like make a documentary and catch this fucker there is a documentary on this (laughs) maybe we'll watch that before we watch only murders in the building there you go (laughs) so dakota's friend said that six weeks prior to that he went missing like someone had already tried to drug and and abduct him he had called his friend Shelly that night and he said, I don't know where I am. I'm so cold. Please help me. I'm lost. And he ended up sending pictures of like his wet jeans to her and like trying to get her to come pick him up. Okay. And he's like, I'm in the north part of the town. And she checked his location. She's like, no, you're in south part of town. She drove to his location and saw him stumbling towards or not stumbling, walking very directly towards an SUV. And she yells out Dakota. And he like looked at her and he came walking over to her. And she was like, are you okay? Like, what happened? Did you get raped? Like, what happened? Like, do you need to go to the hospital? Yeah. And he just was like, nothing. Like, he didn't call her. Like, nothing happened. Yeah. So then six weeks later, he goes missing. (gasps) Yeah. It's strange. So spooky. So Detective Gannon believes that Dakota was drugged again on the night he went missing. And on March 26th, two months later, that's 40 days that he was missing for, his body was found in the Allegheny River, but his death was ruled an accidental drowning. The autopsy are report. These, hmm. What what year is this again? Oh, they're all over the place. It's since the nineties till two thousand. Okay, so are these prominently gay men? No, they're not. Mm-mm. Straight white males. My theory doesn't hold. No. <laughs> <laughs> so forty days later is when they found Dakota's body, and it was um, ruled an accidental drowning. The autopsy report stated that there was very little decomposition internally and externally, as if he had been held. Almost like he hadn't been in the water for 40 days. Almost like you can tell that was science. (laughs) Call Elena. Hashtag morbid. There was also (laughs) not a single scratch on his body. 
which would be incredibly unlikely considering he would have had to travel 10 miles through a dam and 40 days in the water for this theory to work for them. You'd have some type of bruise on you. Yeah. Going through a dam, you'd be fucked up. (laughs) To put it lightly. Yeah. Fucked up. You'd be fucked up. And he wasn't bloated or swollen. And you'd probably make a couple beaver friends. Yeah. It was, I don't know, whatever. There were ligature marks on the back of his neck. So that's the only thing. Huh. Yeah. Like he didn't have any like branch scratches, you know? It's so cut and dry that this is a fucking kidnapping. Exactly. Oh. It gets worse. No. So there were ligature marks on the back of his neck that were in the pictures of the autopsy report. Okay. But there was nothing mentioned in the autopsy report about any ligature marks. It's him. <laughs> it's the, the dude doing It's the, the dude doing Yes. For sure. Yes. He's part him. of the... I think it's a... We'll get into the theories. <laughs> Never mind. So... I already solved it. I can go home now. Wait. I am home. <laughs> his, his mom was like... I can see in the picture that there's ligature marks right there. And then the autopsy tech was like, Oh no, they, we just washed them off. She's telling me, she was like, wait, 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 he was in the water for 40 days and it didn't wash off then. But then you take your little water on it and it washes off. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Exactly. Also, there was blood that was pulled or like around Dakota's fingertips, you mm-hmm. know, like, like he'd been grabbing at a ligature around his neck. Oh, okay. You know, like, like trying to get it off of him. Like when you cut off your circulation, your finger gets all fat and stuff. Yeah. That's it. There was blood pulled up at his fingertips. Mm. Like he'd been grabbing at something. Also, a smiley face was found spray painted on an underpass where his body was found. Mm-hmm. On December 15, 2014, Paul Kochu, a nurse at the Allegheny General Hospital, which this is the same town that Dakota was found in. Okay. Okay. He went out drinking at Smokin' Joe's while watching Monday Night Football. He left the bar a bit earlier than his roommates and headed home. He was killing people on a Monday night. That's, I know, right? Like, clubs going up on a Tuesday. Don't you got work? What's wrong with you? Get a, get a fucking hobby. Get a better hobby. <laughs> well, he headed home early, like I said, and his roommates then received a call from him saying that he had cut his hand and he needed help to stop the bleeding. Okay. When they arrived back home, they said it looked as though there was some sort of confrontation and that he had, Paul had either fallen or was pushed by the friend. By somebody. Somebody. They don't know. Okay. The stories don't add up from the roommates, so this is a questionable thing. Ooh. They then left to go get food. Like, they left Paul to go get food, and they're seen on surveillance at the McDonald's nearby. And then when they got back, Paul was gone. So they were the last to see him alive, and they both have stories that don't match. So that's questionable. But it's the same town that Dakota got taken Mm -hmm. into. And his body found? He, yes. He was last seen at 2.45 a.m. in downtown Pittsburgh near the 10th Street Bridge on a surveillance video. In the video, Paul looks like he was hurt and he was stumbling. And his mom watched the video and said, he doesn't look drunk. He looks hurt. Yeah. So on Confused, March 20th. Probably. Yes. Exactly. On March 20th, 2015, 94 days later. 94. That's fucking three months. Dude, yeah. His body was found in the Ohio River near Wheeling, West Virginia. Again, ruled as an undetermined drowning. He was 85 miles downstream of several dams and shallows. So dams you have to travel through, shallows where your body would have washed up and people would have seen you. Yeah. He was completely nude. He had three fractured ribs, a one-inch wound on his scalp, and his blood alcohol blood alcohol <laughs> content was 0.15. So whoever's the smiley face killer is literally putting substances inside of them yeah as if they're a scientist as if they're an autopsy 
Autopsy tech. There it is. <laughs> On January 19th, 2008, 24-year-old Tommy Booth disappeared from a bar in Woodland, Pennsylvania. He had been celebrating a friend's 21st birthday with a group of friends. Surveillance shows evidence of him entering the bar, but none of him leaving. Hmm. Weird. Brian Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Two weeks passed before Tommy's body was found face down in a creek behind the bar. Literally behind, behind the, the bar, bar he was missing from. And it took two weeks to find him as if they want to say that he was just sitting there the whole time and they just missed it. I there hate. would be more <laughs> bloat. There would be so much more stuff. Not to mention, he was found in full stages of rigor mortis, which normally dissipates within 24 to 36 hours after his death. So he was freshly dead. Like, like he had been held captive for yes. those two weeks. And then literally they got a little more ballsy and they're like, let's put him right behind where he was. Exactly. And they're playing fucking games. And the body looks staged. There were three sticks mm-hmm. that were strategically placed around his body. And there were drag marks in the soil leading up to the creek. And a smiley face was painted under the deck of the bar. Mm. Mm-mm. September 29, 2006. 21-year-old Lucas Homan disappeared from La Crosse, Wisconsin. He'd been out celebrating Oktoberfest with his friends. Oh. Around 10 p.m., he and a friend decided to call it a night and buddy system at home. Good job. They headed out together but ended up getting separated during their walk home. His friend ended up in the ER detox with a head injury and he doesn't remember the night. What? I think they were trying to get a double hit. What do you mean? Like they got Lucas and his friend, but then the friend might have like got been, away. Yes. The police picked him up and took him to the ER. Oh, shit. But one of them. Well, Lucas did not arrive to an expected golf outing the next day. Search parties ensued. On October 2nd, Lucas's body was found near the shore of the Mississippi River. Damn. He had various head injuries and injuries on his hands and arms. There's also what seems to be a footprint on his head, suggesting that he was held down. Okay, Richard Ramirez. A smiley face was found spray-painted near the body. On June 12, 2005, 22-year-old Todd Gieb went missing after a bonfire party in an orchard in Casanova, Michigan. He had made several calls that night, one of which his friend heard him say, I'm in a field, and then the call dropped. Three weeks later, Todd's body was found in a lake that had previously been searched. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. His head and shoulders were sticking up out of the water, and they said it looked like he had just gone for a swim, like the way that he was positioned. His now, body, they're getting ballsier. They they're, are. They're getting more creative. I, like, hate, I hate that I said that, but they're getting more creative. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. His body had very little decomposition. Because he hadn't been dead very long. <laughs> Alcohol and antidepressants were found in his system, but he did not suffer from depression. There were smiley face painted uh, on a tree nearby. Wait, do we know that, though? Because you could just keep it on the down low. It's in your medical record. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. we know, no. <laughs> he did not have it. <laughs> so they found the smiley face on the tree. And then there was a smiley face sticker that was stuck on his tombstone. Oh, and that, no. I have chills, is damning. Yeah. That this is fucking real. Holy shit. I mean, I don't doubt that it's real, but I do have... A little something about the whole smiley face graffiti thing. And it comes from our man's detective Paul's. <laughs> we'll get there later. Okay. <laughs> On January 1st, 2000, 21-year-old Brian Weltzian went missing from Chicago after celebrating Y2K with his friends. Oh, so fun. Right? <laughs> End of the world. <laughs> One of his friends, Nick, had opted to stay behind with Brian. And during their drive back to the hotel, Brian started throwing up. Same. 
So Nick had to get him like out of the car while he found a place to park. Oh. And Brian started. Uh, so witnesses said that they saw Brian throwing up outside of the hotel. Brian who? Brian Welsian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, and that's the last known sighting of Brian Weltzian alive was him throwing up outside the hotel. Oh, 77 days later, March 17th, 2000, Brian's body was found washed ashore in Gary, Indiana, 30 miles south of Chicago. That's where I live near there. But Real he's climber. 30 miles south of Chicago. What? That's like almost a Tippecanoe t- river. <laughs> wow. No. Again, ruled accidental drowning. No. They believed he walked to Lake Michigan, fell in and drowned, and then washed up in the shores in Gary, Indiana. How many actual accidental drownings do they have to be putting these all down as accidental drownings? Like, yep, this one. Yep, that one. How big is your file fucking cabinet for accidental drownings well, with the smiley face graffiti? This has to be where Gannon got his idea from. He was like, no fucking way. No way. There's just no way. And it he's takes like, one good one. It does. And then he got his buddies in on it, too. Yeah. So I kind of agree with him and think that there is a dark web group of doing it together. <laughs> Let's just say I'm going to say it. Okay. Don't come for me. <laughs> a dark web group of incels. Mm-hmm. And this is their initiation. Initiation. So it's like a gang cult. incel yeah. Meeting. I mean, what's so honestly, what's so shocking about that? Gangs do it all the time exactly. to get into a gang. Yeah. Prove that you're one of us. Go kill, kill someone random. Boy. Here's there's that person in the corner. You have to kill that person. Like, yeah. What's so crazy about that? And now we have the internet, and we all know incels are still very much out there. Yeah. If not, listening to this right now, fuck Shut off. <laughs> I ain't scared of you. They go for Chads and Stacys. <laughs> we're like we're the in betweeners. That's fine. We're the fingy wingies. <laughs> <laughs> we're safe. Maybe here we are outing them. But I think that's my theory is that. The smiley face killer gang is mm-hmm. a group of dark web incels. So it started as somebody. Yeah. And then just went into this whole whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like that. There's a lot of Reddit <laughs> deep dives on this one, too. So Reddit scares me. It's I a scary off place. Of it. <laughs> I mean, you can say anything. It's scary. You can be anyone. Yeah, I don't like it. And I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's like when I first started Twitter, I didn't know how to work that either. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, as we said before, Brian Schaefer is definitely on the list of suspected victims of the smiley case. Smiley face killers. God, I cannot talk tonight. Even though his body hasn't been found. I bet you it's going to wash up somewhere. I bet you he's in Cancun. Oh, well, there's that too. <laughs> you know? I really don't know. None of us do. No. <laughs> the, that's the problem. Also, so the the graffiti thing, it could just be a common, you know, thing drawn around. And that's one of one of the detectives who countered their argument their theory they were like um yeah you can see those i bet she's like i bet you if you walk the city you would find graffiti everywhere it's like okay but did you and that's exactly kind of where paul holes is too but did he walk the city no but he from what i remember on that episode it's been a while Mm -hmm. he was like it is very eerie and it's worth looking into Mm -hmm. and like all that stuff but the smiley face logo in general is one of the most common things in the world like walmart back in the day there was like so there's actually a murderer and he was called the the happy face killer the happy face killer and he yeah. would put his victims heads mm-hmm. in smiley face bags yeah which like okay yeah it's really common but who the fuck puts a smiley face sticker on the tombstone of someone of that's a suspe- the one. suspected victim of the smiley face killers i think he also had like the same paul holes had the same 
mentality with it with me as I believe it's real, mm-hmm. but I believe that some of it is coincidence. Obviously, not all of these people are going to be victims of that, I think. But it just takes but, some fucking science and yeah. doing your job to realize this person's been gone 14 days. Mm-hmm. There's no bloating. The rigor mortis has not set in, set in, whatever it be. Mm-hmm. Do your fucking job. Or like this area has been searched. We had dogs out here. like, And now they're here. And now? No. It doesn't make sense. Just do your fucking job. If you're going to go into this field and go through that much fucking college and money and stress, do your, do your fucking job. Yeah. So there was, in one of these cases, um, they did bring out the dogs and the dog smelled, smelled something on one of the, a black SUV. Uh-huh. Which is also the same car that Dakota had almost yeah. walked into. It was a black SUV. Before his friend, like, kind of saved him, right? Exactly. Well. <laughs> and the first case with Patrick... It was a black car that was double parked that was following him. With a couple. Yes. Mm. So (laughs) it's, it's so iffy. It's so, oh, it's scary to think about. I think I'm with the theory of it's just multiple people. Yeah. I think it's because it it, it scatters across the Midwest to the East coast. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally like if you split the country in half and like all of the East side of the country, it's all up there. They could even be using it as a, mm, as a snuff film. (gasps) Oh my God. I didn't think of that. Yeah wow that's scary and if you don't know what a snuff film is you can look it no, up but no, don't. No, don't don't do it <laughs> not like no 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 no. don't look up for a snuff film but what it is there you go. Yeah. <laughs> do not do not the fbi will come knocking on your They're door like, oh, we know we know what you're looking for <laughs> don't do it please i'm laughing i'm uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> we only laugh when we're uncomfy right right yeah. <laughs> well that's my story um that's so, so good. Thanks. Yeah. That's that's the theory. Do you want to hear a creepy fact? Yes. It's actually it's Halloween. Creepy. It's a, it's a kind of fun. Okay. I got something creepy for you, so. Oh. An animal's yawn is based on the size of their brain. So the bigger the yawn, the bigger the brain. And all I got to say is suck on that, dog people. We just lost all of our dog listeners. I'm just kidding. I love dogs. <laughs> I'm Dogs are great when they're You just don't want one trained. I do want one. I just want a very, very well-trained very. dog. You want a dog for what people used to have dogs for. Yeah. Protection. Protection. <laughs> and that's it, because I'm a single ass lady. But Single cat lady. Shut up. Cats yawn for a long amount of time, and I'm just saying. I like to poke Nymphadora in the mouth. <laughs> Sometimes she just looks at me like, excuse me. I also do that to Severus. <laughs> well, that's all I have on my stuff. So if you guys are um, ready to get scared... We are double featuring each Friday episode. Woo! It's a double feature <laughs> picture show. Definitely think very, um, and that's why we drink with Christine and M. Spooky story, true crime story, all of it's fucking spooky, so welcome. <laughs> and here, I have two. So I have one that's like, it's kind of fucked me up the last couple of days. Do I, do I, uh, you know what? I think I want to tune out. <laughs> it doesn't have ghosts in it, which is weird. Because ghosts aren't real. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then another one to kind of, it's still spooky, but it's a little mood lightener. A maybe. little, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not so dark. <laughs> so trigger warning for anybody who doesn't like horror stuff, I guess. Tune in next week for half the episode. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm no, going. You were saying right I here. I don't want to listen. You're saying all night. <laughs> all I'm going to watch you sleep. Oh, God. <laughs> Help me. Like if I go I, missing, it's Ashley's fault. <laughs> you heard it here on the podcast. I mean, it was like that time that I was supposedly 
um, <laughs> slept walk to my grandma's room and I just stood over her. Okay, you're weird. And she was like, Ashley, go to bed. She told me the next morning. And I guess I just turned around and went to bed. I don't think we can be friends anymore. I used to sleepwalk a lot. I used to frequently wake up in the same corner of my house in Indiana crying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> Yes, my is. mom would come out and be like, Ashley, get back. She'd get so frustrated because it was happening so much. Oh, my God. I'd be frustrated, too. I'd be like, what the fuck? She is was you probably doing? scared. I and it be. was coming out. It was like frustration, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Here's my story. Okay. All right, so I found this on like an anonymous little thing where you can just write your spooky stories and you can put your name if you want to or not. But it was written anonymously. And it's called Natalie's Dad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, Natalie. Oh, Natalie, ew. Like Natalie's dad? I don't know. Like a ship name? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Right. I'm scared that you're scared. Okay. It's, it's been in my head quite a bit. And once I read it, you'll know why. Because we all do this thing. This has all happened in our childhood. I mean, most of us, if we don't have strict parents. But <laughs> this is a little more creepy slash disturbing than scary. But it's something that will still that still gives me chills when I think about it. And I try not to think about it very often. Note, all names have been changed. From about fifth grade to ninth grade, my best friend Natalie and I were pretty much inseparable. Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we lived only a few streets away from each other in an idyllic, idyllic little town in the Midwest. Like ideal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This little white picket fence probably. <laughs> nothing creepy is supposed to happen the american dream it was all going good that's only where creepy things didn't. happen <laughs> like kind of place that feels like living uh like a living time capsule of the 1950s charming houses with beautiful beautifully kept gardens huge old maple and oak trees lining every street neighbors who actually stop and greet each other as they are walking their dogs or mowing their lawns summer block parties kids playing in the street until dinner time that sort of thing Ned and I used to walk to and from school every day together, and I often stayed over at her house for an hour or two after school while my parents were still at work. I loved hanging out at her place because her mom was the sweetest person ever. She'd serve us delicious snacks, we'd tell her all about the latest middle school drama, <laughs> and she'd even let us watch TV or play a computer game before, started, before starting our homework. Natalie's dad worked a lot and wasn't around often. But whenever I did interact with him, something about him seemed off. Mm. On a superficial level, he was perfectly nice and friendly, even funny. He had a great sense of humor and was always joking around with Natalie, me, and the rest of our friends on a few occasions that he was around. But even though I didn't sense a single bit of discomfort from any of my close friends, I couldn't help but feel uneasy in his presence. For one thing, he was a bit too touchy-feely. It was subtle, but I always noticed it in little ways that made me slightly uncomfortable. Quick example. One weekend, he took me and Natalie and two of our friends to a cinder mill. Cider mill? Cider mill. Cider mill. Sorry. (laughs) We picked apples, drank cider, and went on a hayride. When the ride was over, Natalie's dad was helping each of us off the side of the wagon, and I was the last in line. Something about the way he grabbed my friends by the waist and let his hands linger just a little too long once they were safely on the ground, started to weird me out. When it was my turn, I quickly jumped off the wagon but he could, so he couldn't touch me. He looked a little bewildered, but didn't say anything. Good job. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Natalie's 12th birthday party. She had a, slump, she had a sleepover with other girls, about, about 10 girls, and we arranged our sleeping bags on the floor of her living room since it was the biggest room in the house. 
The living room wasn't really closed off by any doors. It had a big opening that connected it seamlessly. I did not like that word. (laughs) (laughs) With the foyer. The foyer. (laughs) Mm. Slash front hallway of the house. I was sleeping near that hallway, which I wasn't pleased about as I preferred to sleep surrounded by people whenever I went to sleepovers. I've always been super afraid of the dark and like having that protection, as silly as it sounds. Does not sound silly. (laughs) In the middle of the night, I'm awoken by a hand pressing on my arm. No. I didn't jolt awake or anything, but I opened my eyes and turned my head to survey my fellow partygoers. They were all dead asleep, some even slightly snoring. Suddenly, I heard a quiet giggling behind me. Still lying down and now officially frightened... I quickly turned my body to face the the foyer. (laughs) The foyer. The opening in the wall that connected the living room and the foyer was a big sweeping arch. On the right side of the arch, I could just barely see the top of a man's head peeking out from behind the wall, only about three feet from the ground. Then I noticed his fingertips splayed out on the wooden floor. He was crouching. It was Natalie's dad. No. I have full goosebumps. Oh, Oh, gross. No. I froze. I honestly had no idea what to do. Was he just kidding around? Didn't it occur to him how creepy this was? Do I say something or just awkwardly ignore it and try to fall back asleep? Being my timid, non-confrontational preteen self, Fuck. <laughs> I decided to go the latter route. I turned back on my other side, scooted in as close as I could to my friend sleeping next to me, and somehow managed to fall back asleep, despite being obviously and understandab- understandably petrified creepy yeah there's more oh god i'm not sure how long it was before i was woken up again this time by a firm tapping on my temple what the fuck knowing who it was this time i tried my best not to indicate that i was awake struggling to keep my eyes closed and my breathing slow and deep again i heard that same stifled giggling stifled stifled yes stifled giggling (laughs) (laughs) the sound was particularly disturbing because it was almost manic like he thought this whole routine was absurd, was absolutely hilarious and could barely contain himself. I am uncomfy. I told you. Even though it was coming from a grown man, it had all the giddiness of a five-year-old playing hide-and-go-seek with his older siblings. <laughs> That's so weird. Yet again, I had no idea what to do. I wasn't sure if he wanted me to acknowledge him or what. I turned to face the foyer again and just barely caught a glimpse of his head and fingers disappearing behind the wall in the same crouched position. More giggling, I quickly turned back and scooted even closer into my sleeping friend, partially waking her and causing her to shift around a bit. I hoped she would wake up completely, but she she just turned over and quickly drifted back off. As I pulled my sleeping bag tighter over my shoulders, I heard what sounded like someone shuffling on all fours down the hallway. What the fuck? You got me fucked up. No. I don't remember how I got back to sleep that night, but somehow I did. And morning finally, mercifully, arrived. (laughs) Natalie's parents made us all pancakes, and her dad was acting completely normal. He didn't pay any particular attention to me, but didn't make a point to ignore me either. Just interacted with me like he did with everyone else. Always smiley, always jokey, and friendly. A couple months later, Natalie had another sleepover. This time, I made sure to secure a sleeping spot in the exact center of everyone. Nice. (laughs) Far away from the hallway. But later that night, 
I abruptly woke up in the middle of a deep sleep for seemingly no reason. I had been sleeping on my back and just suddenly opened my eyes and stared at the ceiling, wide awake. Almost instantly, I was overcome with the most intense feeling of dread that I I have ever experienced. I felt like I couldn't move my limbs. Like some invisible weighted blanket was holding my body down, even though I knew I shouldn't, I slowly turned my head towards the front hallway. As my eyes adjusted in the darkness, I could see Natalie's mom and dad standing in the entryway, looking directly at me with the most angry, hateful expressions on their face. They were positioned awkwardly far from each other, about two feet of space between them, with their arms stiff and straight at their sides, even though they were a fair distance away from me. I'll never forget how disturbing their faces looked, contorted into pure rage that only seemed to grow in intensity the the longer I allowed myself to look. So this is like sleep paralysis demon we're talking here? I don't know. Because that's what I feel when I get sleep paralysis. Their eyes kept narrowing and they were showing all their teeth the way a threatened dog would, gritting them so tightly I thought their jaws would crack. Oh my god. (laughs) After staring frozen for a good few seconds, I finally felt like I could move my arms and legs again. I quickly turned away from from them and pulled my sleeping bag high over my head, shaking. Same. (laughs) I barely slept the rest of the night, but I never heard any noise or movement from the hallway. The next morning, it was all homemade pancakes and warm smiles and utter normalcy yet again. I never told Natalie about any of this, as I was pretty sure she would think I was either crazy or trying to prank her. Our friendship quickly faded a few years later anyway, which coincidentally was right around the time that her parents got divorced. Hmm. Recently, Natalie and her parents' divorce came up in conversation with my mom, who told me that about, who told me a comment Natalie's mom made for her years ago. Back when Natalie and I were still super close, we had actually taken a small road trip vacation together with our moms. I guess at some point on one of these trips, our moms were gossiping about a particularly wealthy and impossibly perfect family that lived in our neighborhood and had a reputation of being somewhat pretentious. Natalie's mom, skeptical about the apparent perfection, said, well, in this neighborhood, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Hmm. The comment is innocent enough, but for me, it adds an extra layer of creepiness given what I experienced with Natalie's parents fuck it's so creepy that is creepy it's like because we've pretty much all gone to a slumber party and i would even go as far to say we've probably all gone to a slumber party that somebody had a weird parent yes as horrible as that is but that was my childhood i mean (laughs) i've been touched by a lot of people's dads right like no thank you no thank you Um, that shit off but like the mom as well so that i i believe that like the dad did tap her and whatnot and then it put it into her subconscious it did and then mm-hmm. i think the last night was the sleep paralysis because when you wake up and you can't move and it feels like you yeah. can't breathe that's sleep paralysis and whatever you see is not real it's not real because i've seen shit yeah <laughs> that shit ain't real no thank you no thank you okay the second one it's way smaller it's creepy but it's not i think the first one's way creepier okay than this one it's because that was just parents no See, that's just, it's all real And the me. vibe that she had with him, but uh-huh. like nobody else supposedly had it. But if she's not talking about it with people, they could have had the same vibe as well. Also, you know how the goldfish effect works. Mm-hmm. If, if you ignore somebody, they're going to want to try harder for you. Yeah. Ugh. Which no, is even you. fucking worse because it's like, then I have to be nice to everybody. Oh, oh my God. No. no. Fuck politeness. Stay sexy. <laughs> Don't, Don't get, get murdered. murdered. Same be thing. weird. Be rude. <laughs> Stay, Stay alive. alive. <laughs> 
All right. So this one's called Mirror Mirror. My son used to sleepwalk a lot when he was around eight or nine years old. I'd wake up to find him in the hallway outside the bedroom, just shifting from from foot to foot, eyes open, but unseeing. Creepy as fuck. <laughs> Let me assure you. One night, I woke up to a knocking sound. Not hard, just sort of rhythmic, rhythmic tap, tap, tap. It was my son's head as he tried to walk through the wall. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so far, not scary. Just my kid being a little creepy uh, through no fault of his own. Years later, his little brother started doing the same damn thing in the same freaking spot. Fast forward a couple of years later, and we're doing a little re- renovation work. Took down the nasty wallpaper in the hallway and found that there was a mirror there underneath the thick wallpaper. A fucking mirror. My boys have been trying to walk into a mirror. Oh my. <laughs> I just got chills. Right? Ooh. Ooh, up my back. Oh. <laughs> that is fucking wild they're creepy that's weird like one okay but a second one weird Both doing the same thing mm-hmm. who's behind that mirror burn the house down who got stuck in it <laughs> that's the real question that made me think of um all these tiktok stories i've been seeing of people talking about their children talking about their previous lives oh yeah like what you've seen the 9-11 ones yeah where they say they were in 9-11 uh-huh. and they're way too young to even know what that is yeah like it, it, what? like i was in the north tower like what do you mean <laughs> you was in the north tower no you kid, were you're not. seven <laughs> like what or there's a i'm pretty sure there's a documentary on a kid who was absolutely convinced that he was a like jet fighter and oh, shit. he could name parts of a jet he could tell where he was he like did everything like said everything to the point where finally the parents were like, okay, we need to look into this. Found the guy. He gave them their name and like did this whole thing. I mean, who knows if the documentary is true or not, but like supposedly. Yeah. Reincarnation's fucking real. That's wild. And if I don't come back as a cat, I'm haunting somebody. <laughs> How are you going to know? I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, that was great. Thanks for scaring the pants off of me. Same to you. Your case is unsolved. True. <laughs> and there's probably so many more people and now the thought of it being like an initiation type of thing which is not far-fetched it's not far-fetched it's really not yeah which is so terrifying truly i i mean did, did, have you seen have you seen the gang initiation videos no so there was this um oh it went viral like i want to say like 15 years ago i don't uh-huh. know how i saw it maybe somebody at school somebody was being dumb <laughs> Anyway, it, it was this like Mexican cartel gang mm-hmm. and to get in, you had to prove that you were worthy and prove that you'd be willing to kill anyone. And this guy on video posted to YouTube like and then taken down immediately because it was yeah. fucking terrible, but it, it made it to the internet. So it's on that. Now it's there forever. It's, there. it's somewhere. <sighs> Tied up his family. His family. His wife and two kids. <gasps> took a chainsaw to the mother in front of the kids. And then took them apart one by one as well. And then this was his initiation into the gang. What? But had to be video recorded. So they had to watch their mom get murdered by their dad. Oh and then they God. got murdered by their dad. Like, it's insane. The, be- the things that people do to stay in a gang. Like, why? It's, it's some sort of protection. It's part of a team. It's, no. Join a, a fucking whole, soccer team. <laughs> there's a whole fucking mentality on why people join gangs and stay in them. And then they stay in them out of fear. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's so scary. The just lengths that people are willing place. to go to, to be a part of a community. 
It's like, go fucking join a church, dude. That's what I'm saying. Go like, join a fucking sport team. Be a, a volunteer. I don't know. Start Shook a podcast. It. There you go. <laughs> There's a whole community there. So, I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'm sorry. Well, you can catch us next Friday for a full-length double feature episode. <laughs> yes. A midnight double feature picture show. <laughs> Never seen it. You will. <laughs> I'm going to take Ashley to a live Rocky Horror and she's going to no longer be a virgin. The only part that I'm excited for is the dressing up. It's so fun. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can catch us on Instagram at Bloodbath Podcast. Bloodbath Podcast. Bloodbath Podcast. (laughs) Uh, TikTok. It's Bloodbath. You can use our code Bloodbath for 10% off your order at Wicked Clothes. And yeah. Anything? That's good. Happy Halloween. Check your candy. If it's edibles, send them my way if you don't want them. <laughs> but wait. There's more. Bye, 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 b